book three chapter six of st francis of assisi a biography by johannes jornson translated by thomas o'connor sloan this librivox recording is in the public domain book three god's singer chapter six the missionaries while francis together with ugoline was engaged with internal affairs of the order the missionaries of the chapter of 1217 were gone each in his own direction. None of them had much success with it. Those who went to France were asked if they were Albigenses, and when they, not understanding the question, answered yes, they were treated accordingly, for Albigenses were heretics. The German mission went no better. It was a troop of sixty brothers under the lead of John of Penna, they too were ignorant of the language of the country but they had learned the word ya yes as they by constantly using this as an answer to the questions addressed to them obtained food and drink and lodging they kept on using the magic word but now it went wrong for as they also answered ya to the question if they were heretics they were cast into prison put in the stocks and maltreated in other ways in hungary no better fortune awaited the brothers the peasants set their dogs on them and the pig herds ran after them with their long sticks why do they torment us so the brothers asked each other in vain and one of them thought that it might be that the hungarians wanted their cloaks then they gave their tormentors their cloaks but that did not help Remembering the words of the gospel, they gave them next their robe, but even this did not satisfy the Hungarians. Let us in God's name give them our breeches too, the patient brothers said, and now they were permitted to go on naked. One of the brothers had the fortune in this way, as we are told by John of Jano, to part with his breeches six times. At last, they hit upon the plan of smearing their breeches with cow dung so that the peasants would not want them all these job's torments naturally filled francis with care and disquiet it was probably at this time that he is said to have had the following dream he saw a little black hen and around it a whole flock of little chickens were running and chirping so many were the chickens that the poor hen could not get them all under her wings the hen is i he said to himself as he awakened i am small and black and it is evident that i cannot take care of my sons more than ever it was made clear to him that he must make over the care of his order to the church this made it easy for ugoline to persuade him to go to rome and have an audience with the pope this probably occurred in the winter of twelve seventeen to twelve eighteen we know that in the interval between december fifth twelve seventeen and april seventh of the next year ugoline was in rome on this occasion the cardinal seems to have had his doubts as to the impression which francis would make upon the new pope and his entire curia he had therefore persuaded him in preparation to study a speech but when francis started to say it he found that he had forgotten every word of it this often happened to him 
on such occasions he used to say to his audiences at once how it was and he often would then speak much better than if he had given the discourse he had studied if he found that he could say nothing he would give the people his blessing and let them go and so it happened as he stood before the pope without being frightened francis knelt down at once and asked for his blessing he then spoke and got into so ecstatic a mood that at last he began to move his feet in rhythmic movement like david before the ark so far from finding this laughable the pope and cardinals were deeply impressed by the remarkable man and when francis at last begged that cardinal ugolin might be made the special protector of the order the request was acceded to during his stay in rome francis made the acquaintance of saint dominic ugolin brought them together the spanish founder of the great order was seized with the greatest and most sincere admiration for the little barefooted poor man of god from assisi let us melt our orders into one he said to him and as francis would not accede dominic begged of him at least as a memorial the rope he wore round his waist soon after the two founders were to meet again at portiuncula and one year before dominic's death they met once more in rome it was on this last occasion in the winter of twelve twenty to twelve twenty one that ugolin with a reform of the clergy in mind proposed to francis and dominic to have the higher ranks of the clergy filled with men of the two new orders both dominic and francis refused to enter into such an arrangement my brothers are minores let them not become maiores was the rejoinder it was under the influence of francis that dominic at the pentecost chapter held in bologna in 1220 introduced incapacity of ownership into his order only in 1218 he had sought papal approbation of the possessions belonging to the order and on his deathbed he pronounced his curse on all who would impair his brother's evangelical poverty in the year 1218 there was held the first pentecost chapter at which ugolin was present as the order's protector the brothers met him in solemn procession and ugolin dismounted from his steed took off his fine clothes and walked barefoot and clad in the franciscan habit to portiuncula here he sang mass in the little chapel while francis officiated as deacon and read the gospel it may have been at the same chapter that ugolin afterwards helped the brothers wash the feet of some paupers foot washing here was more than a ceremony and when the cardinal did not succeed in getting the dirt off this particular beggar's feet the beggar said angrily without suspecting in the humble brother waiting upon him the great prince of the church go on your way and let some one come that understands this as already said dominic had seized the chance to again meet francis he found him in the cardinal's suite what he saw at the chapter must have deeply impressed him for among so many men none was heard to gossip or to speak unbecomingly but wherever there was a group of brothers assembled 
they either prayed or said their office or wept over their sins or over the sins of their benefactors and their beds were the naked earth but some had also a little straw and the pillow was either a stone or a piece of a tree and saint francis said to his brothers in the name of holy obedience i bid you all who are here assembled that none of you shall be concerned about what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what your bodies need but think only of praying and praising god and leave to him the whole care of your bodily welfare for he will take care of you but saint dominic who was present all the time wondered over the message francis had given out and thought that he had borne himself very unreasonably because where so great a number of men were assembled he asked that none should give attention to the things which are necessary for the body but the lord jesus christ wanted to show that he loved his poor with special love and at once inspired the people in perugia in foligno in spalo in assisi and in the other towns in the vicinity to bring the holy assemblage both food and drink and behold at once men came from all these towns with asses mules and horses loaded with bread with fruit and with other good things to eat and besides they came with tablecloths pots dishes and cups and other such things both large and small which so large a crowd of men would require and the more any one was able to bring the brothers the luckier he considered himself in fact the generosity of the inhabitants of the vicinity at the time of these meetings was very great giordanus of giano tells of a chapter at which he was present where they had to remain two days over the time at the place to get all eaten up which was brought to them at the pentecost chapter of the next year may twenty sixth twelve nineteen it was decided to again take up the mission work which two years before had failed so badly ugoline had employed the interval in preparing the way for the brothers by sending out letters of introduction for them to the various regions whither they were going he undertook to answer for them to the bishops and declared them to be good catholic men who rejoiced in the approval of the apostolic throne and who could be safely permitted to preach everywhere then at the right moment june eleventh twelve nineteen came the document from the highest church authority which it was ugoline's fortune to have obtained pope honorius's letter of commendation for the brothers addressed to all archbishops bishops abbots deacons archdeacons and other prelates whom the brothers might meet the bearer of this letter is declared in this papal brief to be a good catholic who sows god's seeds after the example of the apostles and whose way of life is approved by the holy see armed with copies of this document and with francis's permission to receive new brothers into the order the missionary leaders went off each at the head of his little band this time no missionaries were sent to germany so great was the brothers fear of the prisons and stocks of the teutons on the other hand 
brother giles and brother electus went to tunis brother benedict of arezzo to greece pacificus went back to france and a small selected band undertook to carry out francis's old plan and go to the miramolan of morocco the mission to tunis had a sad end giles and his companion were put on board a ship by force to be taken away this was done by the christians of the place who were afraid that the presence of the missionaries would result in difficulties with the mussulman and brother electus who had just separated from the others soon suffered martyrdom which he accepted kneeling with the rule in his clasped hands declaring his accountability for all the sins he might have committed during his life in the order francis embraced with great affection the brothers who were going to the miramolan their names were vitale berardo peter ajuto accorsio and otto before sending them francis addressed them and according to an old account his words were these my sons god has ordered me to send you to the land of the saracens to announce and make known there his faith and to combat the law of mohammed prepare yourselves therefore to fulfil the will of the lord but they bowed their heads and said father we are ready to obey thee in all things but francis was rejoiced greatly over such complete obedience and said with love to them dearest sons so that you can better fulfil god's command see to it that there is peace and unity and indissoluble charity among you envy no one for envy is the occasion of sin be patient in tribulations be humble if all goes well with you copy christ in poverty obedience and chastity for the lord jesus christ was born poor lived in poverty taught poverty and died in poverty and to show that he loved chastity he wished to be born of a virgin followed and counseled virginity and died surrounded by virgins and he was obedient from his birth to his death yes to his death on the cross hope in god alone he guides and helps us carry with you the rule and the bravery and pray with completeness at the holy times and all of you obey your great brother vitale o my sons well do i rejoice over your good will but that i shall be separated from you that grieves me in my heart but the command of god must be obeyed rather than our will and this i beg of you that you may always have the sufferings of our lord before your eyes that will strengthen you and inspire you to suffer for him then these holy brothers answered father send us where thou wilt for we are ready to do thy will but you father help us with thy prayers to fulfil thy commands for we are young and have never been out of italy and the people we go to we know not but we know that they rage against the christians and we are ignorant and cannot speak arabic and when they see us in such poor raiment and with the rope they will ridicule us as crazy men and will not listen to us therefore we greatly need thy prayers ah good father 
shall we really be separated from thee how shall we be able to do god's will without thee but saint francis was greatly overcome and with great power he said depend on god my sons he who sends you will also give you power and will help you as that is his good pleasure then all six fell on their knees and kissed his hand with many tears and asked for his blessing and saint francis wept also and lifted up his eyes to heaven and blessed them and said the blessing of god the father come upon you as it came upon the apostles may he strengthen and lead you and comfort you in your troubles and fear not for the lord is with you and will fight for you this narration may in some particulars be more or less historic one realizes at any rate an impressive conception of the relations between francis and his brothers and then the six young missionaries went away in accordance with the precept of the bible without staff or sack without shoes on the feet without silver and gold in their belts their way took them through aragon where vitale fell sick and had to be left after them through castile and portugal two years before this the friars minor had been in portugal king alfonso's pious sister sancia had received them in a friendly way and had given them a little chapel in alenquir and had a house built for them soon after the queen uraca gave them a convent in the vicinity of coimbra the five missionaries took their departure hence for seville which was then under mohammedan control on arriving at seville they began to preach outside the principal mosque of the city and were at once seized and brought before the authorities the miramolan who resided in morocco was at this time abu jacob after the defeat his father mohammed el nasir had suffered in twelve twelve at tolosa he was not inclined to displease the christians and by so much the less as he had at the head of his army a christian leader dom pedro infanta of portugal who because of discord with his brother the reigning king had accepted mohammedan employment abu jacob seems on the whole to have been a peaceful soul his greatest enjoyment was to play shepherd and to drive personally his flock to the pasture when the five franciscans from seville were sent to him so that he could determine their fate he seems to have had most pleasure in letting them go in any case they were not cast by him into prison but he let them live with their co-religionist dom pedro the brothers utilized this freedom now to preach in the markets and streets they had learned a little arabic especially berardo who was leader of the band of missionaries it happened that one day the miramolan who was riding to his father's grave outside the city passed by a place where berardo stood and preached from a wagon he ordered thereupon that the five brothers should not be punished but sent home to the christian land the carrying out of this order was entrusted to dom pedro who sent the five missionaries to ceuta under guard 
whence they were to sail home. Instead, the brothers turned about and went back to Morocco and began to preach again. Now the Miramolan put them into prison, but set them free again, whereupon they were again taken to Ceuta, when they again, just as before, returned to Morocco. Dom Pedro took them with him on a warlike expedition into the interior of the country. Both he and the other Christians living in the capital feared that the missionary activities of the brothers would result in a persecution of the Christians. Accordingly, after his return from this raid, Dom Pedro had the brothers carefully watched, but when they one Friday saw the chance to escape, this being the Mohammedan weekly holiday, they started to preach, where they knew that the Miramolan would pass by, they could no longer be saved. After fearful torture, among other tortures they were rolled naked back and forth the whole night on a bed of broken glass, and after a hearing, where their answers remind us of the first martyrs before the Roman judges, they managed to arouse Abu Jacob's fury, so that he rose up and himself beheaded the five martyrs with his own hand. Tom Pedro saw to it that their lifeless bodies were taken to Coimbra, where Queen Araka, at the head of the entire populace, went to meet the martyrs and laid them in the church of Santa Cruz. The announcement of the deaths of these five martyrs was read at the Pentecost chapter of 1221. It was on January 16th of the preceding year that they suffered martyrdom, and Francis thereupon cried out, Now I can truly say that I have five real brothers. When we think of his deep reverence for the crown of martyrdom, such an utterance from his mouth is quite credible. According to another source, he is said to have forbidden the reading of the account of the sufferings of the brothers. Let every one exalt in his own martyrdom and not in that of others, he is said to have commanded, as he thought of the brothers' pride in now having five martyrs in the order. Be this as it may, it is beyond all doubt that Francis at this time himself went forth to win martyrdom. As early as 1218, he had sent Brother Elias away as a missionary to the Holy Land, and Elias had here, among others, received the first German into the order, the learned, far-traveled clerk, Caesarius of Speyer. In the summer of 1219, a strong attack was to be made on Egypt by the Crusaders by order of Honorius III. Francis decided in his own way to participate in this holy war. After having placed Brother Matthew of Narni as his vicar in Portiuncula, where he was to remain and put the habit of the order on the new brothers, and appointed Brother Gregory of Naples as his vicar for the rest of Italy, Francis started for the Holy Land, in company with his old friend Peter of Catani. End of Book 3, Chapter 6